my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast today by Beach Commute. You've got me and a special guest here. We've got Brad Rice, who comes from Talent Stacker, which you will learn all about in a moment. But I'm really excited to talk with Brad today and more importantly for you to hear Brad's story because so many of you listening to the podcast want to travel the world and you're thinking to yourself, what is the right career for me? What skills do I have? What experience do I have? How do I get into this industry? Just how do I start traveling when I don't have remote experience or a specific skill set? So this is an amazing option for you today. We'll get into it in a little bit. But first, I'm going to let Brad just give himself a quick little intro and tell us what is Talent Stacker and who are you, Brad Rice? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for <laughs> allowing me to join your show. And yeah, so thank- pumped. Thanks to anyone who's listening. So I appreciate you you hearing my story and, and sort of hearing me out on what we're going to cover <laughs> today. Fun so one. Yeah, like I'm excited. It. So yeah, I, I would say that my professional life or my adult life started, you know, sort of coming out of college. I went to a college called the University of West Georgia and way out in West <laughs> Georgia. What do you know? And I, I really didn't know what to do after I graduated. I was excited. I had a mission when I was in school. It was like, get the grades, do well, get the degree, and you're in good shape. And then as soon as I graduated, I realized like, wow, I'm not in good shape. Like, I don't know what to do. I just graduated with like 5,000 other people and like a thousand of them have the same degree I do. And we all live in this town. Like I am not in good shape. It's a small town. I told Brad, I actually used to go to basketball camp. I'm also from Georgia from his college town. So it's, it's probably no one else listening to this has ever been there, but you and I know. Yeah, it's. I think the town has eleven thousand people. So when a thousand <laughs> people small. all just graduated with the same degree, it's not. A, it's not <laughs> promising for any of them. So I, I got really fortunate, in my opinion. I was kind of one of those kids that I think, like most college kids, I came out and I just started applying for every job, like every job, and I ended up getting accepted to be a junior Salesforce administrator at a local (laughs) company. And I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that they were going to give me a paycheck and that was exciting. So (laughs) I was fortunate. I had some really good mentors. They were like, Hey Brad, the Salesforce thing, like this is more than your summer job. Like this is a career. There's a lot of opportunity here. And I was like, Hey, I don't have any other leads for jobs. So I may as well just focus up on this one. And so that's what I did. So my first job, that was in 2010, 2011, right in there. I was making like $30,000, $35,000, and I was happy with that. But by the time I turned 26, just a few years later, I was already making $120,000, working fully remote, great benefits, flexible work hours, all that fun stuff. As long as I got my 40 hours in and my clients were happy, <laughs> I was good to go. But my daughter was born right around that mm. same time. And... I was going up to work, even though it was at home, you know, I was going up to work upstairs and then coming down around five, five thirty, and my daughter was going to sleep around six thirty or seven thirty. So I was only seeing her for an hour or two a day, five days a week. And it just wasn't computing for me. I, I didn't love it. I didn't feel like that was the parenting style that I wanted to have. And I was making more money than I ever thought I would. So I thought, Hey, what if I could find a part-time 
remote job where I just work like four hours a day. That would, that would give me a lot more time with her. And I ended up having to, I had to hustle for it and we can talk about that if you want, but I, but I got a job and I had to negotiate for the hours and everything. And I was making $70,000, but I was happy to do that for the lifestyle play. And what do you know, you know, four years later at age 30, I was making $220,000 a year, still working 20 hours a week. And so I'd really discovered a life that I didn't think was possible just by trying new things. And I would say that from an income perspective and a lifestyle flexibility perspective, my career as a Salesforce professional is what allowed that to be possible. Um, so to, so to wrap up sort of my intro, you know, by 31 years old, I was financially independent and a place to retire because I had been so fortunate with the income levels that, that were there for me. And instead of quitting and, you know, chilling out on the front porch with, with sweet tea or whatever people do in Georgia, I think that's about right. I decided to, <laughs> <Not> uh, accurate. <laughs> I decided to start Talent Stacker, which was, which is a company designed to help people break into Salesforce careers and understand that. You think you need a tech career, you think you need a tech background, you think you need a computer science degree, or you got to be a coder or something like that. None of it's true. And so we kind of break down those barriers and help people understand what does it take to get started and how can they do it? And we do all of that. Our average is about five months to go from, I just heard about Salesforce to I landed a job. It takes about five months if you can put in 10 to 12 hours a week and... The entry-level pay is about $72,000. So we, we love those stats. They're kind of hard to believe from our perspective, but I'm, I'm happy to be here and to say it is it is quite true. I love that. Well, thank you for that. And for if you're listening to this and you're thinking, like, these numbers sound interesting, I want to do this. And, of course, you know, here at Beach Commute, we are all about helping you get a job that you can do while you travel the world. And this is absolutely one of those jobs. So Towards the end of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about the details of this, maybe next steps, how to get into it, if it sounds appealing, and some more some more information just about like what is Salesforce and what is that. But before we do, I want to hear more about your travels, Brad, and some of the travels of, of your clients and people who have been through your program, live in this sort of digital nomad life. So you mentioned to me you've done some RV travel, you've done some Europe travel. So can you share just your own sort of work remote travel in the world, whether it's the U.S. or abroad, and, and what that's been like in your life and, and why you've chosen to do that? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. And I think to me, I, I almost have an anxiety about <laughs> the benefit or just to, to me, the, the blessing of having so much freedom yes. in a remote career like this. And I, I almost have anxiety to exercise that freedom. Like I would feel bad if I just stayed home and did what everyone else does when they're chained to a desk from eight to five, you know, in an office, it would feel awful to not exercise some of that freedom. So yeah, to me, it's almost like, I don't know, I call it anxiety. Maybe somebody else would call it a calling, but I- <laughs> Like, what is this anxiety? I, I call did, it FOMO of the world, is what I call it for myself. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's like, man, there's so many things I could be doing. I need to get out there and do them. Yeah. So yeah, in 2018, when my daughter was- one year old, one and a half, something like that. We bought an RV and we just hit the road. We drove from Tampa, Florida up to sort of British Columbia area and down into Washington state. And anyway, a lot of places in between. But the amazing thing was that I think a lot of people thought even in my career path, you know, my coworkers yeah. and people I was surrounded by remotely, they thought you can't do that. Your, your mm -hmm. internet's not going to work. You're not going to be able to consistently show up and get the job done. But these careers, like people think because they see like 
tech developers and they go Instagram that or they look it up and they see these people with like six screens and <laughs> these heavy duty supercomputers. Yeah. It's just not a reality. I have worked my entire career from making 30K to making 200K working part time with a laptop only. Like mm-hmm. I've never had dual monitors. <laughs> I've never had a keyboard or mouse. Like I, Because to me, I want to feel as comfortable on the road as I feel yeah. in my own personal office. And so that. to me, that's a laptop. And we traveled everywhere. And I'll tell you, I didn't even get like a MiFi device. I literally tethered to my phone yep. and used my phone's internet because you don't need a ton of internet. Like yeah. being a Salesforce professional is like browsing the web. Yeah. As long as you can access a web page, then yeah. that's all the bandwidth you need. So if I got in a tight, all I would do is Google what's the closest coffee shop. Yep. And I would drive over there, even if at one time it was 45 minutes away. And, and you know, that week was not fun that I had to commute 45 <laughs> minutes, but it was, it was possible. And, and we did it. people's most weeks, right? And you're that's like, right. this is a terrible long week, the one time. But I and love what you're saying about the freedom. That's, I, I know that's what got me started in this as well, where I was like, there's, there's so much world to see and I want to be in control of where I am and what I do. And I kind of stumbled upon it little, little by little by accident when I started working remotely for my company. And I lived out in California when they were in New York. And I was like, wait, I can just go to like Tahoe mm-hmm. for four days and, and that's okay. And I can just go to like Palm Springs for the, a long weekend and still do my job. And mm-hmm. it just kind of got me realizing, oh, wait, I can do this abroad as well. And I, I love that story of yours as well. Yeah, I, I look up sometimes when I was in my like hardcore consulting 40 hour a week job, yeah. And I, I remember just never using my PTO and people were yeah. like, Brad, you need to use your PTO work-life balance. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm living all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, I went on a vacation and I, I worked, you know, five or six hours that the days yeah. that I was gone, but it doesn't bother me because I don't mind getting the work done. If I can have that flexibility, yeah. it's all right. And so while you were on this RV road trip, you were working, that was before Talent Stalker, correct? You were working That's right. for a company. Yeah. So I just, again, for, for anyone listening, We love to share real examples of people who, again, you're working for a real company, they are paying you a salary, and you can be anywhere and do anything as long as you you get the work done. And it is your responsibility to make sure you are tethered to have Wi-Fi. And even just a little hint here, they actually, I'm actually in the States right now, back for a little bit, and they cut our Wi-Fi out on the street by accident the other day, and I'm actually tethered on my phone right now. So you can do anything with with a good cell service, or there's, there's plenty of options, but so that was your RV travel, which is yeah. amazing. Tell me about what was the next step for the Europe travel for you? Yeah, we, we've done a lot. And I'll say too, going into the sort of the Europe conversation that, you know, whenever we travel, it's always, we, we don't do, you know, before I think we had the freedom, like when I was growing up as a kid, relying on my parents and their work schedules, it was always a four day weekend or maybe like a great trip would be five days or seven days yeah. somewhere. And like, that would be a, an amazingly long trip. And now we don't really do trips that are not a month long somewhere, right? Because you can yes. get Airbnb, Airbnbs and if you do a month, you get a discount and all this yep. kind of stuff and you can take advantage of all of that. So most of our travel now is a month in each location just to take advantage of those discounts and really get to lean into a place yeah. and get to know it. I always say like, I don't really feel like I, I was in a place unless I got to go grocery shopping and you know cook a week's I worth of meals. That. Yeah. yeah. Grocery um, shopping. I always try to explain that to people too. It's so fun just to go into grocery stores in different countries. Like what are people eating? How are they shopping? What's different? You really learn a lot that way. Right. 
me sitting there with a translator, like yes. holding it up to the back of a <laughs> box of brownies <laughs> to see what other ingredients I need. Same. Yeah. I can relate so, for sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we've traveled, you know, our, our latest trip was right before COVID. It was actually January of 2020. So okay. I wouldn't say before COVID, but before everyone knew it was, yes. you know, a thing we needed to be concerned about. We were in, you know, Spain for a month and Cordoba. We were in, uh, Let's see, where did we go on that trip exactly? We went to London for a month and we went, we spent two weeks in Porto, Portugal, and then two weeks in Lisbon. So we just kind of bounced around that area, taking the trains and it was so enjoyable. You know, you get to go spend three months in, in Europe. And it, when you think about it, you know, this is this whole concept of this episode is about your ability to work and enjoy travel or, you know, be a nomad. And I think the beautiful thing is none of my memories of those three months involve any stress about, oh my gosh, I have to get my work done or, oh, my internet's horrible and I can't, I can't get my job done. And it's just not like that. You adjust and most employers are even cool with you adjusting to, to a time zone for a little while, Mm -hmm. if you need to, you you know, like be on your meetings, be available, but otherwise work on the time zone that you need to work on. So it's, it's really incredible. It's freeing. Yeah. And can you share, so for someone listening, and we've shared a lot of this in our podcast of day-to-day life, but for you, if you think about just kind of a day in the life and maybe Lisbon, Portugal, that's always a popular one that that people love. Walk us through just a a typical work day, like you're waking up and what does your day look like in Lisbon? Yeah. So in in my world, I'm in a new place, right? So I want to enjoy the place and the the moments in in that location. So what I would do is I would typically wake up and keep in mind, I have a young daughter and my wife. And so we, we kind of hop up and, you know, get our coffee and try to find <laughs> a local roast that we can, we can brew right there and then try to walk down to a bakery because the bakeries are so dirt cheap, <laughs> especially in Portugal. They're good um, there. Can, what is the little pastry I mean, called? Why am I blinking on the name? That's so popular there. I don't know if you remember it. Not, I'm going to, no, there was, there was like a crepe place down the street from us, but I'm sure that's not what you're talking about. It's um, not. I'm going to. Either like way, the little but yeah, layered, the, little, the little layered honey. The little, yes. Yeah, with the honey in it. But anyway, there's so many great pastry shops. <laughs> so we would we would go down, get way too much espresso and pastries to start our day because it was so much fun for our daughter to to be able yeah. to do that and experience a new place. And and I'm not a language learner. Like I, I'm sure a lot of listeners are like they know either. a few different languages. <laughs> yeah. And so I am just the typical American in my gym shorts. You could point me out from a hundred yards away. <laughs> and but it's but it's so much fun to go out, walk around a little bit, get to know at least your local spot, and then head back up to work. And you know, you work your eight to twelve and then again walk back down to a lunch spot and and grab some food and hopefully try something that you're not sure what it is yeah. and, and see what that's all about and you know, but then in the in the evenings and a lot of times, because typically you're in a different time zone than the, the company you're working for, you can adjust your schedule to where maybe you work like 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then you go have that that brunch period. And then you come back and you work from like 10 a.m. until 2. And then you take the rest of the day off and maybe go to a, a local museum or go see some churches is what we like to do, like these huge cathedrals that they have. And so that's that's really a day in the life, you know, get groceries, come home eat dinner at home, watch some Netflix like a typical day and (laughs) get ready to ready to do it again tomorrow. Yeah, beautiful. And can you share because so many people assume like once you have kids, you can't travel anymore. You can't travel the world. You can't have a life or have an adventure. Tell us what are some of the hardest parts about traveling with your daughter, but also what have been some of the most like amazing parts that your daughter has been just that you've experienced with her Mm. and traveling? 
Yeah. So I'm definitely not one of those toxic positivity people. Like I love my daughter <laughs> to death. I would, I would say that my world and my decisions revolve around her mm-hmm, and her mm-hmm. opportunities in this world. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's that your, your life is up to you, your decisions and your, what you view as a limitation on your life is completely in your head. And it's up to you to decide if you want to solve for that limitation or if you want to accept that limitation and do nothing about it. And I, I prefer to take control of my situation. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people looked at us like we were crazy when you're talking about getting on, you know, 10 hour flights to somewhere in Europe, or you're talking about living in a, a 400 square foot RV for a year and traveling the United States and Canada. And is it harder? It's absolutely harder. You have a person that you're responsible <laughs> for their well being and making sure they're taken <laughs> care of. You're getting less sleep. You have to be cognizant of if you're a climber or you're a hiker or whatever else, like what is, what is your kid on board for? And what are you on board for with a kid? You know, some people can toss their kid in a backpack with a box of Cheerios and they can go all day. (laughs) And then my daughter, like, no way we have to do more of the touristy kind of travel where you drive and you might be out for an hour or two doing the thing and then you come back. So I think there is a version that you can apply. But to me, it's accepting that you do have a new person in your life and adjusting. Maybe maybe you don't get to do exactly what you used to do or what exactly yeah. is that perfect scenario in your head. Maybe it's not that anymore. But to me, the, the benefits outweigh it tremendously, right? Like to hear my daughter talk to someone new and be like, oh yeah, we did that in London or we did that in <laughs> Portugal. And it's like, Man, to hear that come out of a five-year-old's mouth is the craziest thing. Yeah. And she'll remember, she'll say like the greenhouse, which I know was like a house we stayed at in Spain. And it's like the little Aww, greenhouse. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we have so many memories. And instead of having memories where we hire a nanny or a grandparent or whatever to come stay for the week while we do something else, we have a memory with her and that is so much more value to me and everybody's different. Like, don't give me, yeah. don't let me put my values on you. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets you do whatever you what want to do, whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. But for me, I would much rather spend a little bit more chaotic day with my mm-hmm. daughter experiencing something together than mm-hmm. have a super chill day, not having the opportunity to spend time with my daughter. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing, going back to what you said at the beginning, is you set up a lifestyle of freedom for yourself and you get that choice, right? If you want to hire a babysitter for an afternoon or it's day, true. you can. If you want to spend a morning or afternoon going around you know, Spain or Portugal, you, you can. And, and that's all your choice or around an RV or hiking or, exactly or whatever right. it is. So I think for any anyone listening, the reason we love to interview all different people doing things different ways and even between Jeff and Diego and I, like, you know, we all have different travel styles or, you know, I love the beach, you love churches, I don't, you know, whatever it is you like to see. The point isn't like you have to go to Europe and, and see churches in your afternoon. The point is like if you do a job in Salesforce or anything, you get to choose. You get to go sit by a beach or stay at home or visit mm-hmm. family or, or travel to wherever you want. So Let's talk a little bit about the company that you started, about Talent Stacker and, and sales, like training people to, to basically do the job that you used to do. So tell me how, I know you mentioned it briefly in the intro, but tell me how that sort of began for you and how you got this idea to do this. Yeah. So how Talent Stacker started was effectively, I, again, as I mentioned in my lengthy intro, <laughs> it <was> that, a <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you that at 31, I was in a position to stop working. Right. And I was relatively frugal. Like, it's not like I was this rich kid with all of these, you know, boats and vacation homes and all this <laughs> stuff. Like I was pretty frugal. I grew up in a very frugal family. I had great depression era, grandparents, 
from yeah. Alabama, which was one of the hardest hit areas, the Southeast yeah. in the Great Depression. And so, I mean, we would get annihilated for like throwing away a Coke can because it's like, if we, you're throwing money away. We could, we could take that to the recycling center and get paid pennies for that, put that you know, in the correct space. That um, so money mindset. So you have to keep right in mind there. that I do a lot of work on that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's almost a you know, and I think to me it was it was a little unhealthy as I became a young adult. I realized yeah. I had a fear around money yeah, and not a not an understanding mm-hmm. and not like the ability to use it as a tool. Yeah. But I had a fear that if you spend money, you're mm-hmm. potentially putting yourself in trouble. And that did serve me well because I came out of college <laughs> with no debt and actually a few thousand dollars in savings as a college mm-hmm. student. But at the, on the other hand, you know, I, I had to grow up into an adult and realize like, whoa, it's not, it's not quite this serious. Like we should be aware, but it's not quite this serious. Right. But, but anyway, so to actually answer your question at, at 31, I was positioned to, if I wanted to continue my same lifestyle, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. uh, then, then I could have stopped working at that point. And I wasn't ready to though. Like I had so much energy and I was so excited as a professional. I love meeting new people and new companies and understanding the challenges that individuals are facing. And so I was looking around and I was involved in a lot of Salesforce and financial independence communities. And I, I looked around and I saw people who were struggling to make ends meet or they were living paycheck to paycheck or even worse, they were going into a little bit more debt every single month. And I just thought, I, I think I had, I call it a survivor bias where I looked at myself and I went, this isn't fair. Like I didn't do anything exceptional. I was in the right place at the right time and took advantage of the opportunities that were in front of me. But no one should have to struggle like this when there's a career path like Salesforce where like quite literally there are about a million new jobs a year, a million, like a million. That's a ridiculous number. And when you look at that and to think somebody's struggling to land a job, that doesn't make any sense. And so I thought the problem here is that people don't have proper guidance. They don't have yeah. anyone to help them. And the companies that are here trying to help them are just penny pinching them and nickel and diming and trying to get another hundred bucks for this service or that service. And to me, this was a retirement passion project, right? This company could literally make zero revenue and we could still be successful as a company, which was awesome. So I decided to start helping people land entry-level jobs. And I was doing it one-on-one at first. Right. But once I hit number 50, I helped 50 people land entry-level Salesforce jobs in six months. And I thought, I think I can scale this. I started looking, I would interview everyone who landed a job and I would ask them, what steps did you take? What did you do? And they basically just said, like, we followed your guidance, but I did this other little thing or I tried this right. other little thing and that worked. And we started That's realizing, it. holy smokes, there's a pattern. <laughs> and 80, like 80 to 90% of what every single person did was exactly the same. And so we said, let's, let's fine tune all of those ingredients to, to this you know, recipe. And let's make sure that we drive scalable success for a lot of people to be able to do this at once. And you know, in the last 12 months, we've been able to help over a thousand people land entry level Salesforce jobs. Like I never dreamed that would be a reality. A thousand people, that's a ridiculous number. It makes no sense. Amazing. And we're fortunate to be able to do that. And I think the even more amazing thing is entry level jobs are remote. A lot of people ask, they're like, but are the entry level ones remote? And it's funny because this idea finally popped into my head where I was like, it's an interesting concept because what you're assuming is that all the senior professionals are at home (laughs) and all the beginners who don't know what they're doing are in an office together, just struggling together, (laughs) together, 
Just all the people who have no idea what's going on are at the office <laughs> and all the best talent are at home. And uh, so when you think about it in that way, it's, it's so obvious to go, of course I'm at home and I'm on Zoom calls and I'm emailing or I'm instant messaging a senior level person from my company when I need help. And right. I've got the support that I need. And so entry level salaries, you know, like I mentioned before, $72,000 to me, I, I cannot believe that's a reality. I initially said when I set expectations with our members, I said $60,000, we can yeah. get you to a $60,000 income. But then as we help a thousand plus people, we know the numbers, we know the exact Amazing. numbers yeah. and it's just over $72,000 entry level. And these are, these are full-time jobs, full benefits, retirement plans, healthcare, all the stuff. Yeah. And you work a typical eight to five, but it's far more flexible because you're at home and nobody's looking over your shoulder. And as long as you get your work done, you do what you need to do. And that is so much more freeing again than anything else I've seen. And the, the craziest thing to me is that if you have a year of experience, the average income is just over $90,000. If you yeah, have that was three years of experience. Question. Yeah. 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 If you have three years of experience, the average income is about $125,000. And that does cap out around year five, five to seven. Usually you cap out around about $150,000. But if you decide you want to manage a team or direct a team, but for the purpose of this show, I would yes. not advise anyone to manage or direct because you <laughs> want, want your freedom, freedom, right? Like you don't want to be, <laughs> yeah. that's right. So, so uh, to set expectations, you could be five, six years into this career. And if you take that job making 70,000 entry level, five years from now, you could readily be making $150,000 with the exact same lifestyle. And to me that, that is, it's unbelievable. You, you're, you're probably in the top 10% of income earners with that much freedom in your life, like that's, that's impressive. Yeah. And I love that. The reason I was going to ask that question, and thank you for sharing already the projection out five years. Cause when I do, whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching to start or like you now scaling this out to, you know, thousands of people in, in group and courses and whatnot, but so many people to start, if you're thinking about switching a career, let's say maybe they're making $72,000 less, but some people might be making more, but they can't travel or they don't like their jobs. And they're thinking about this. And it's so important to think through long-term. And you talked about at one point, like, how do, do I take a salary cut to have more freedom or to have this lifestyle? And I, I call it the silver platter test. I'm like, okay, would you rather be making $90,000 in your current job, stuck where you are, or $72,000 and have the freedom to travel the world? Actually, maybe you'd be saving that much money in difference because you're living in a cheaper place. And then also the years from now, you're going to get right back up there and even maybe surpass where you were. So really to take that whole step back because I think so many people have a, a limited view of just this next six months. I'm not going to have income or I'm going to start here. It's going to be scary. I don't know the skills yet. I don't want to learn it, but I love that you've just shared what this looks like because what you do is train people to get there, to find this, to have the experience, to get the job, and then to kind of, yeah, build, build this out over years of, of what this can look like. So thank you for that. And, and I also would love if you could share, so some of these people who have been through your program, again, we're the Digital Nomad Experts podcast. So can you give a couple examples of people who aren't just working from home, who have been through this, who are traveling or living abroad or living some sort of nomad lifestyle with, with the training that you guys have done? Yeah, for sure. And if you don't mind, I will start by not answering your question. Like you Absolutely. probably noticed a trend where like to. I just we both do that. I'm like this and first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Go for it. But but I would say I, I think the really cool thing you mentioned there was that it can be hard, right? Like this is a yeah. challenge. Like you have to 
you currently are comfortable with whatever yes. you're doing right now yeah. and you know it and you're going to wake up on Monday morning and it may not be the thing you <laughs> want to be doing, but you know, you can get it done and you're not going to yeah. get fired or whatever else. Cause you're in a, you're in a comfort zone. But what I will say is one of, one of my members ta- taught me this and she said, choose your hard. Yeah. And I thought I that, that was quote. interesting. And she just said, you know what? Like I could have stuck with what I was doing, knowing I don't have a clear path to success. I'm probably never going to work from home more than a day or two a week. I don't know if I'm going to get paid more next year or if it's going to be five years from now that I get some 5% raise. And I don't really know. I don't feel like I'm in control of where I'm headed. And that's going to be really hard to stay where I'm at and do what I'm doing. That's going to be a struggle. Or I can do something hard, like learn a new skill, learn to be a Salesforce professional, which is far less technical than you probably think and far more soft skills. And that's also going to be hard to some degree, but I would rather choose my hard and put myself in a place where I do a hard thing that actually leads me to a life that I want to live rather than do a hard thing to stay stuck where I'm at. And the choice becomes pretty clear. Um, And I will answer your question. So, Can yeah. Can I give so, you another yes, quote before yes, you do? By all means. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like we're, we're never going to get it. to the question. But I love when you say choose your heart. That, that's one of my favorite quotes. And it's sort of another version of that, which is one of my favorites, is it says, when you do the easy things, life will be hard. And when you do the hard things, life will be easy. So kind of what you're saying, so many people, and this gives me the chills as well, you know, you're, you're doing the easy thing, which is not trying the new job, not leaving your comfort zone, not quitting, not taking a training, not doing, not choosing to travel. And that's easier in the moment, but your life is hard and miserable and it's not free and it's not fulfilling and you're not doing, you know, you're not seeing the world and doing what you could in life and that is hard. Or you can do the short-term hard, which is, you know, this, if, if this is for you to, you know, do this training, get the Salesforce job or whatever that version is for you, get any job that sounds appealing. It's going to take a little time and effort and it's going to be a couple more hours in your day for, you know, a couple weeks in the short term. But then life gets, you know, not that life is like easy ever, but you know, it's easier and it's your choice and it's like you're traveling the world and that's what, that's what Brad and I want for you. That's what Diego and Jeff and I want for you. So yeah, that's that. And now I'll let you get back to your, <laughs> your other example. I love that. I I have heard that quote before, but it's been a while since I've been reminded of it. And it yeah. is, it's 100% true in like every aspect of life, not just your job or yes. whatever, but like all aspects of life. Um, yeah, I love that. So we will actually give you guys some examples now. <laughs> Back to the question. <laughs> Did anyone hear that question and thought I'd love to hear that answer and then they didn't get it? <laughs> Here you are. Now this, you get it. This neck, this is for you. So yeah, so a few examples. One of my favorite examples, because this person, like she inspires me. I, I am fortunate to get to work with her and meet with her on a weekly basis. But her name is Alex Warnicky. And I don't think she'll mind me sharing because she is, <laughs> I mean, just crazy inspirational. And she loves rock climbing. Like she just travels the world rock climbing. And this year, 2022, she has been... I mean, all over the United States from Georgia to Utah to California. And now she's up in Canada and just all over climbing. She's just climbing. And I'm not cool. like, I'm not a climber. Like, I, I don't know what either, that is, but, but I hear her stories <laughs> and I'm like, she has the most amazing pictures. And every time I talk to her, she's so happy and it's beautiful. And next year she's planning to spend the year in Europe, just like traveling Europe and climbing. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing when you have that flexibility and you just, you can stay in Airbnb. She's renting her, you know, home out and that covers its own mortgage and makes a little bit on top. And 
you know, she gets to travel around and basically spend her monthly rent on Airbnbs around the world. And, you know, this week, like actually this week, as we're having this conversation, (laughs) she's climbing in British Columbia to place a flag for North Face on a, you know, whatever it is, a grant climb, I guess. Like she actually got sponsored to climb this. And it's such like, I can't imagine a life where you get to have a career, you get to be a successful professional in the tech industry, and you get to be a successful climber and doing a hobby and traveling. Like, that's yeah. not real that like people don't get to <laughs> do is, that, but they is. do like yeah. once you find, once you find like a podcast like this that introduces you to these people, yeah, you realize like, oh my gosh, it is possible and it is repeatable. So that's one example. I mean, Anita Smith is another one. She is also an incredible lady and she does a little bit more of like, she loves going to Hawaii. So, I mean, I swear every time I <laughs> talk to her, her, I think, I think she goes to Hawaii like four times a year and <laughs> They are always doing these just amazing excursions that going back to what you mentioned earlier, I would never do it with my daughter because it's just like not safe. But again, they're like bouldering and climbing and scuba diving and all these amazing things. And then they're going to Portugal. And what is the island chain off the coast of Portugal? Is it like the Azores or something like that? Yeah, it's kind of like in between the in between the states and Portugal. Okay, so she you know, she was out there just a few months ago and she does it a little bit different. She doesn't take the approach of, and she has a full-time consulting job as a Salesforce professional. She doesn't do the, Hey, I'm not taking PTO. I'm going to work and then do, she'll just take like two weeks off every month and go do whatever she wants to do. And she just totally checks out. And you would say like, shouldn't her employer fire her? And it's like, no, because she does (laughs) great work when she's there. She's communicative and she gets the job done. And guess what? When she has that level of freedom, She's enjoyable to work with. She's a happy mm-hmm. person to be around. And <laughs> yes. we would rather surround ourselves with happy people that yeah. do good work than to surround ourselves with miserable people who do half-baked work, but they're there 80 hours a week. Like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take my pick. I'll work with happy people. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for those two examples. So for anyone who's listening who wants to be Anita or what was the other name? Alex. Alex, Anita or Alex. Again, Salesforce isn't going to be for everybody. Maybe this is not your jam, but if it is, this is, you know, Brad is an amazing trusted resource that we'd love to share. So there's a five-day challenge. If you guys go to talentstacker.com slash beach commute, and we'll put that in the show notes as well, but talentstacker.com slash beach commute, that will take you to Brad's five-day challenge. I guess challenge. I don't know if that's the right word, but he'll explain a little bit about what that is. And really, it's just a great way for you to see, like, you've you've heard kind of what's possible, but maybe you're still like, what's Salesforce? What is this about? What does it take? And that's really what this, you know, not to bore you on, on the podcast, if this isn't what you want. I think, I think Brad's story is like so fun regardless. But for those of you listening who this sounds interesting, maybe Salesforce sounds like a cool next step for you to become a digital nomad. Can you share just a little bit what that link will will take them to and what that's like? Yeah. So we call it the five day challenge and you can call it whatever you want to call it. But what it is, is it's basically, we're going to send you five emails and I apologize in advance, but that's how we break it up. And the first email, we're going to send you just a lot of free resources. Like I promise you totally free resources. And this five day challenge, what it's going to do is it's going to help you find all of Salesforce's free training online using their, basically it's a, a training platform called Trailhead. And you can learn all these things totally free 
online and we walk you through it though. Day one and day two of the challenge is just us walking you through, making sure you're not confused about what Trailhead is and how to use it, making sure you focus on the training that matters to you as a, a person transitioning into a Salesforce career and you don't get lost in the weeds of, of other training lessons and stuff like that. Just focus on what you need to focus on right now. The other thing we're gonna do is we're gonna help you understand LinkedIn and I always tell people, it's like LinkedIn is not a choice. Like you need to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, you can stay. I work on it so much as my clients as well. Yeah. It's like, if you want to cut social media, cut Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you want to cut, but don't cut LinkedIn <laughs> if you want to be a Salesforce professional, or really, in my opinion, a tech professional more than likely, because that's where the recruiters are and the hiring managers and the people who are going to be the ones to see you and say, I want to give that person a job. And so we're going to teach you exactly how to optimize yourself on LinkedIn so you don't have to feel nervous or like you don't know what to do or how this works. We're going to walk you through it and make sure you're comfortable. Are you still probably going to be a little anxious? Sure. Okay, fine. But you're going to know you're doing the right things. So it's perfect. Day four, we're going to walk you through how to get hands-on experience before you land your first job. Because one of the top two questions you're going to get in interviews, number one, as always, tell us a little something about yourself. But number two is probably going to be asking you about experience. Like what was an experience you had where you were challenged or where you felt like you had to overcome something or what's your favorite example of a project you worked on where you were very proud of it or whatever. And that's where that experience comes in. So day four, we're going to make sure that you feel comfortable answering those questions because you do have experience. And day five is basically an hour long webinar where we just sit down and we talk to you about all the things you're going to face, what's going to challenge you in this journey and make sure that you're comfortable taking on this, this career path. Cause we don't want you to do something that doesn't sound interesting to you. So if you do this five day challenge to me, it's a completely risk-free rather than I would say about five hours of your time to determine if this career path is something you want to try or something you're just absolutely not interested in. So why not give it a shot and see what happens? Amazing. Well, yeah, let them know we sent you, let them know you're excited about the digital nomad life. And again, yes. check out talentstacker.com slash beach commute. If this is a life you're interested in, and if not, we hope that you were excited just to hear another digital nomad story and what's possible and what's possible with a small kid and yeah, so many exciting nuggets here. So thank you for sharing your story and we will see you guys next time.